listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're discussing Mallory's big read of the Bible. That's right. She read the Bible. She read the Bible as part of our maximum fun uh, drive rewards. Uh, we're here to talk about it. First, what are you reading, Bria? <laughs> I am reading... Uh, something not the Bible. Um, I'm doing a reread of a book that I liked. It's um, uh, it's an older book. It's from the it's from the 70s. Um, called Roadside Picnic, which I'm sure I've recommended on the show before. I yeah, haven't read it in book. a long time, so I wanted to make sure I still liked it. Um, it is by oh, get ready. Um, uh, <laughs> Ar- Arkady Strug. Strugatsky and Boris Strugatsky. Uh, the translator is Antonina uh, W. Boyce. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Um, this is a book. Um, it's a sci-fi book from the 70s. It's Russian. Um, and it is about a world in which aliens came to Earth for this event called The Visit. And... Um, we were so irrelevant to them and so nothing that they they refer to it kind of as a roadside picnic. You know how when you stop on a roadside, I guess maybe you did this more in the 70s, but you, you're going on a <laughs> car trip, you stop on the roadside, you have a little picnic. You like may leave, you know, like, oh, I left some like crumbs and like a bottle of wine, uh, I guess back when people littered. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> back in the days when you people trash, you leave your trash on the side of the road. And that's what the aliens did. They left their like trash and shit here. Um, and. And basically, there are these places that are called the, this place called the zone, and it's like a place of extreme danger. Uh, you and there's things there that like kill you from leftover from the aliens, and they morph and they're weird, and they're it's like not um, aliens themselves; it's like they're debris essentially. Um, and then it's like this guy. This is about a guy who like goes into that area, and um, he can like sell shit from there on the black market, etc. Um, but yeah, it's a really crazy read. Um, I haven't read it in a long time. I remember I I I I love the premise that we're so irrelevant to aliens that they're like, what? <laughs> like what? We don't care about these, you know, like we, these <laughs> these old people. Um, so we just leave our trash here, and it's like not a big deal, and they don't even care about us. Um, that is like an interesting take on aliens because I feel like we always are like, and aliens come and they're excited to meet us. <laughs> <laughs> these like, aliens don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They're not like take me to your leader. They're like, here's my old wine bottle. Bye. Um, and oh, I think, oh my god. I'm going to have to send you – this is a really funny video a, a comedian did on Twitter of somebody as if they were interviewing Earth for uh, acceptance oh, into the Galactic Federation. Did I not Air send Federation. this to you? I also sent this oh. around. It's very funny. Where they're like, you still have toilets? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you still have prisons and toilets? You can't be in here. So funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Roadside Picnic. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, so we are recording today on the last day of our holiday break. Uh, so I am um, finishing up my yearly reread of one of the books of the Historic Materials trilogy. I'm finishing it up today. It is The Amber Spyglass by Philip Pullman. That's the one that I'm doing this year. So I was very excited because last year for Christmas, my boyfriend got me the Folio Society versions of the books. Mm. And I am not normally one for fancy books, but these are gorgeous. They're illustrated and they're hardcover. And I've been reading the same copy of 
the Amber Spyglass for since 2001. And so this is the first time I'm ever reading a different version. And it is really cool and really fancy. Uh, it is the last book in the Historic Materials trilogy, which is a YA fantasy series that listeners will know that I'm obsessed with. And it's really fun to, uh, one, because I just we just finished watching the second season of Historic Materials on the BBC, which is truly fucking incredible. Five stars from me wow. i love it so much i saw some people talking about it in the reading glasses slack um i know that some people on twitter were wondering what i thought of it and i absolutely fucking love it i i cried constantly because it's just so wonderful um and it's also great as we'll talk about later in the episode because the book is heavily heavily influenced by christian mythology mm-hmm. and this is the first time that i'm reading the book having read the bible and it is very very interesting to me so well we can talk about it a little bit uh, later in the episode but if you somehow have never heard of it have never read it it is my favorite ya fantasy series i reread it every year i love it and this i'm reading the final book uh, so that's the amber spyglass by philip pullman and mine is roadside picnic So we have a hot book tip wow, from Holly. Wow, wow. This is a <laughs> hot book tip. Uh, Holly says, I have a hot book tip for bookmarks that I thought I would share. The pocket for the due date cards in a library book is the perfect place to put your bookmark while you're reading your book so you don't lose it. This is a next level book hack. I love this. That's very cute. This is really, really cool. Um, Ingrid wrote in and said uh, about TBR piles. My giant 500 plus book TBR was really, really stressing me out last year. So I started thinking about my reader goals. I decided that the goal I wanted to tackle was reading more classics by women. So I spent a few hours doing some research and compiled a list of 60 books that fit the goal. I picked books that are beloved and considered classics, but picked ones that also appealed to me. I also immediately printed the list out and glued it to my journal so I can't add any more books. (laughs) I spent the last year or so working on the list and it has been wonderful. I've discovered so many books that I have absolutely loved and that have really stuck with me. It helps to know that that it's finite. The list is not going to grow or change. I read other books in between, whatever books I want to read seasonally, spooky books for October, distracting books around the election, or get from the library. I'm, I love that I have concrete goals and that I am finally reading these classics I've always wanted to read, but that I also have room for reading spontaneously. I hope this helps someone who is feeling stressed out about their TBR. I also want to say I absolutely love Bria's book, Mary. I just read Yay. Frankenstein. It's on my list of classics by women, of course. Yeah, that's great. A couple weeks before, I received my pre-order of Mary, and it was extra exciting. So sweet. Pretty cool. Uh, and also a quick bookmark for me if you are a UK reader. Lady from the Black Lagoon is finally coming out in paperback in the UK. I'm super excited about it. It comes out February. I should know this, but I don't. Uh, February 21st, I believe, or February 4th. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. This is how... T- how 2020 i'm still we're, I'm, I, I i feel like coming out of 2020 is like you know when you've been swimming for a while in the ocean and you get and you finally stand up on shore and you're kind of you like, feel like you're still swimming all, yeah yeah you're all dazed um but yeah if you're a uk reader and you want want the paperback or you haven't read lady from the black lagoon it is my biography of millicent patrick the woman who designed the creature from the black lagoon i pitch it as julie and julia but for monsters and yeah it's i'll put a link pre-order a link in the show notes but i'm really excited that it's finally coming out in the uk uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletters. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about me reading the Bible, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to the podcast of two 
very proud cat owners. That's right. This week, Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Kitty Poo Club. You love your cat, but you know what? That doesn't mean you have to love having a litter box in your home. God knows I do not. And Kitty Poo Club takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership so you can get back to loving your furry friend. Mallory and I both received Kitty Poo Club in the mail, the one boxes, and we absolutely loved them. We both have two cats. Our cats enjoyed them. They're very cute. Uh, Kitty Poo Club is an all-in-one litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. It comes in the mail. That's the best part. And every month, Kitty Poo Club, it delivers this amazing, high-quality, recyclable, very important litter box. It's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. No more going to the store. No more changing the litter. No more buying new boxes. This is it. It's going to arrive in the mail to your house. When the month is up, it's it's easy. You just recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. It's amazing. I hate changing litter. I love these cats, but I find their habits to be a little disgusting, honestly. It's much easier to just have Kitty Poo Club. So give yourself the gift that keeps on giving for an entire year, a Kitty Poo Club subscription. Right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off your first order when you set up AutoShip by going to kittypooclub.com and entering the promo code GLASSES. Just go to kittypooclub.com, enter that promo code GLASSES, glasses, and get 20% off when you go set up the auto ship, which is great. It'll just come to your house. You don't ever have to think about it. It'll be like, oh, here it is. Arrives in the mail. Time to change that litter box out. It's kittypooclub.com, and don't forget to enter that promo code GLASSES at checkout. GLASSES. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on This week, I finally read the Bible, and we are discussing it. Um, I was actually very happy that I had to because it was a Max Fun Drive award. We've been waiting to unlock for a couple of years, and we finally did it last year. Uh, We're very grateful for our Max Fun subscribers. They helped us survive 2020. Uh, They made this happen. Uh, So we're going to talk about my big Bible read and how the Bible is connected to the world of literature. First, how about some facts about the Bible? Um, there are one <laughs> Bible facts, Bible facts coming at you hot <laughs> from the Bible. Um, uh, there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible and 66 books by more than 40 mm. authors. Uh, the Bible was originally written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Um, there are 185 songs in the Bible. Do you know that one? Um, yeah, I was surprised at the amount of songs in the Bible. <laughs> um, over a million copies are still sold annually, and it is one of the most popular books of all time on Kindle. I think the other one was like... Uh, 
uh, I think the other one was Hunger Games. Um, but anyway, the Bible's huge. Mallory, how did you tackle this? Not well. Well, actually, no. I did. Uh, for, for, first off, I had to almost immediately recalibrate calibrate my expectations for this. Because uh-huh. uh, one of our mini goals for last year's drive was me reading one book, which I did not know was a chapter yeah. ugh, of the Bible. And I ended up doing Genesis because it was the first one. And if you watch that live event, you know that I was very shocked to discover that the Bible is not a book per se. Like you I thought, thought it was like, be a, like re- a narrative, like, like, yes. and here's, here's the, like, what, whose story did you think it was going to follow? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but you knew that the Bible also, that didn't you know that the Jewish faith also used the Old Testament of the Bible? I did not. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a reasonable, readable, like once upon a time, a guy named Jesus was born <laughs> on Christmas. And like, uh, like, I thought it was a t- deal about like a deity and his human son. Ah, okay. okay. Fucking nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, the Bible was very difficult to read. Uh, so what the Bible actually is, is an anthology. People don't talk about this. The Bible is an anthology, a very poorly edited anthology. And I want to, first off, shout out the real MVPs of this project. Um, my best friend, Lauren, who typed up a personal Mallory guide to the Bible to accompany my read and answered about 5 million questions about it. And also our friend, Jen, thank you to them for, for being my emotional support. My poor boyfriend, Jeremy, who had to relive his Catholic school days. Uh, and also all the lovely pastors who wrote in with advice. So thanks to the lovely pastors who wrote in, um, when they found out I was going to read the Bible and thanks to them, I I read the new revised standard edition and I e-read it on the Kindle app, which was very weird for me. Um, but I didn't want to buy a physical copy. I didn't want a copy of the Bible in my house. Um, so it was a very interesting reading experience for me. Um, and then second off, so here on Reading Glasses, we don't like talking about books we hated. And I don't have anything good to say about the Bible. Wow. Uh, End of episode. My- the episode is done. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for watching, uh, listening. <laughs> uh, worst book I've ever read in my life. Uh, so with all of this in mind, I tried to, having to like radically recalibrate what I th- what this project was going to be for me. I tried to read the Bible thinking of it as a sort of founding mythology for Western literature. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so Priya, do you feel like your knowledge of the Bible and like Christian mythology helps you when you're reading Western literature? Yeah. I mean, the weird thing about it is so ingrained in me because I was raised in the church. So I like, I, uh, like I never met him, but I had a grandfather who was a preacher. So I, I, uh, yeah, I think like, I just, this stuff, like even before I could read, I probably could have told you Bible stories, if that makes sense, you know? So I think whether I realize it or not and whether or not we all realize it or not, it's invaded our psyches through literature, film, TV. It's on our money. It's in our government. People talk about the Bible. They talk about things they believe from the Bible. Um, I just watched that Pixar movie, Soul. Have you watched that? No. Wow. So good. You must watch it. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> or else. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And um, uh, even though it doesn't deal with the God, with God or Jesus or anything like that, at one point the character says, is this heaven? Because, and that is something, I mean, not necessarily specifically, I, I assume other religions have like heaven, they do have heaven versions, but, um, but it's like, there are things that even though the, it is not about like, religion at all and it's about a man dying and so it's like yeah you're in america you kind of got to cover like 
or am I in heaven? Am I in hell? That's what he says. And like, it, it just like, even in the very slightest way, I think it invades our, um, uh, it, it's just a part of how we view the world, whether or not we mean to. And I know it's a part of the way I view the world. Um, uh, what about you? Did you feel like this is going to help you when you're reading Western literature from now on? Yeah, it was really the only good thing to come out of this for me. Uh, How long did this take you, by the way? We should cover that. How long did this I take? Start, it took me a couple months. Yeah. Uh, it was very long. <laughs> did you I read started every it, think, book or you, or you kind of skipped around? I, I did. I did. There were some I skipped, especially like the ones that were like just familyancestry.com for the Bible. It was just like a whole <laughs> chapter full of who like. Who beget who? <laughs> yeah, begetting and sons of. I skipped over that stuff. Um yeah, this was the only good thing to come out of this for me. Um, it was very interesting because, of course, I was finishing it at the same time as I was doing my yearly historic materials reread, a series that is obviously very heavy with Christian mythology. Like one of the one of the characters in the series is like his goal is to kill God and to reestablish heaven. And there's like angels and there's a lot of stuff in that series that so I only knew about Bible stuff through historic materials. I mm-hmm. never it was like. I had done the reverse of what most people did and it really helped. It was really interesting. Um, It helps in book. I didn't even think it would help with too. I mean, part of the reason I wanted to read the Bible for so long is it's basically like a second language of the literary world. And Mm. there's so many references to Bible stories and everything. And I've always missed them. And there's few, like, right. Like, like you said, heaven is sort of shorthand for like a, a, like if I'm eating peanut butter toast, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in heaven. This is great. (laughs) But it's, (laughs) But I don't, you know, I didn't know all the underlying stories behind that, you know. And if, if this is your first episode of Reading Glasses for some reason, uh, the long story short is that I grew up completely religious. We did not go to church. You know, I've never been baptized, et cetera, et cetera. Up until now, I'd never read the Bible. Like, the first I heard about Cain and Abel was reading Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Mm. Like, which and is a cool story. The first Cain time I read Sandman, I was just like, oh, there's just these two brothers who are named Cain and Abel. Like, I did not know that it corresponded to a Bible story. But there's some parts of the Bible, I feel like, like the Cain and Abel story, that's dark as shit, man. I feel like you would enjoy that. You would enjoy two brothers trying to kill each other. Well, <laughs> enjoy in the way, because Bible is not like, it's not well written. I see it's not compellingly written. Yeah. That was what I had a hard time with. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm happy that I get a lot of the references now. It's so, like so deeply woven into the Western world that even if I hated it, I hated it. I'm glad I pick up on this stuff. Like I didn't know that parable of the sower came from the Bible. Oh yeah, and you know what? The no par- idea. Parables are are pretty cool, and the parable of the sower is cool. It's a cool like it's like where you throw your seeds is gonna matter. You throw them on some rocks, ain't gonna work. Throw them, on, <laughs> throw them in the like nasty dirt, ain't gonna work. You gotta throw it somewhere good. Like that's what the parable is, and it's like oh, that's a good story. That's a good like lesson. Yeah, so it was that. I'm really glad I did that. There's so many things that I I picked up on now, and I think really what it helped is that there's there's a it's shorthand for like again when people say Cain and Abel, you know what that means. Like now I know what Doubting Thomas is. Oh, like yeah. there's all these like little shorthand fables that 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 help people understand. Um, you know, like uh, like saying. Cain and Abel, you automatically understand that it's someone that does wrong by somebody else, like someone that like hurts their brother or something. Um, so getting those things was really helpful for me. So, but so 
speaking of other I just want to say though I, there are some real like goth metal shit in the Bible like you know people covered in boils plagues uh, oh the Bible is metal as fuck yeah. and I will say one of the things that it helped me understand was a lot of black metal band names oh sure I really yes. Yes, understand yes, yes. a lot of band names <laughs> now and uh, which was mm-hmm. very exciting for me and there's like um, some magic shit you know loaves and fishes like that's magic shit like there's some like fun magical realism <laughs> happening yes and I was you know what I was kind of grumpy about some certain parts of it because like everyone talks about how great it is that Jesus turned water into wine Ooh, and yeah. he only did that because they were all at a wedding and having a party and ran out of wine like I always thought it was like some magical miracle that did great by everybody but it was just people who ran out of wine at a wedding that's right that's right that is true <laughs> uh very weird uh Bria, so have you read any other religious texts that you think are influential on literature and other parts of the world like not the western world no i don't think i have i was trying to figure this out i mean i think i have like a vague awareness of some of them like you do did with the bible like could i maybe talk about something wiccan you know or something like that but i haven't read any specific i don't know like i i'm not sure but yeah i i think this is sort of a gap in um my education is that i don't i de- i never took any like specifically like religious education classes and so like i would only have what i grew up reading uh what what about you have you read any other religious texts no, and now I actually want to, and I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff I'm missing out on in like translated books from other parts of the world. Uh, like maybe I need to read some, like a Buddhist text or something. Mm. Uh, I, I would like to take an online comparative religion course oh, yeah. because the thing that was, the thing that was most frustrating to me about reading the Bible is that, um, the reading of it, you know, I wanted to know the information in it. I, I almost wish that, I mean, obviously I'm glad that I ta- did and re- read the Bible, but I wish I would have read like the Bible for dummies. Like mm. I wish I would have read like the Cliff Notes version because the actual reading of it was not great, mm-hmm. but I wanted to know, like, can I just get like the great illustrated classics version of the Bible? Like, can I just like get a list of all the fables and the stories in it? Um, and I would totally want that from other um, other texts favorite part and least favorite part people are going to want to know my least favorite part was basically every part where a woman was <laughs> there was uh the bible is not great with their female characters at one point i texted lauren when i was reading the new testament i was like is every woman in the new testament named mary yeah like they all are named mary there's like a scene where it's like mary is jesus's mom mary is jesus's girlfriend all the ladies that found that look for jesus's dead body are named mary like mary sarah is to reading glasses as mary is to the bible yeah you like know, everybody's though, named mary you probably don't realize how many names you deal with on a regular basis that are just straight up bible names like most names yes. it's so crazy like there's like yes. yeah that, that part I was very surprised about. And I do think my favorite part, even though it was very confusing to me, like it was very hard. Cause I was in the tub reading the books of Revelations and I said oh, to yeah. Jeremy, I was like, babe, what is happening? Yeah. What is happening? But once I just looked at it, I was like, okay, just pretend this is like a fantasy story where like a guy is standing there and there's a sword coming out of his mouth and like this is, someone's fighting a dragon. Like what is going on? Um, and again, it was very helpful to have my best friend sit there and be like okay well this really is like a metaphor for this and like give me some context for stuff um and also speaking of stories i did as per our stretch goals for the maximum fun i watched a shitload of veggie tales oh yeah people really people really wanted you to watch those veggie tales it, honestly, if anything, the Veggie Tales made it worse. Uh, <laughs> veggie Tales is a surreal nightmare. Zero out of five stars. Uh, 
really very confusing to me. Um, the first one I watched was the Walls of Jericho one, and it really horrified me. To the, the takeaway it was basically like teaching kids not to question authority, even when it seems illogical or harmful. Um, I, as an outsider all, to all of this, I don't think VeggieTales made me understand anything any better. That's wait, what wait, I was wait. hoping. I was like, oh, the I'll walls watch of Jericho, this thing for kids. Remind me of the Walls of Jericho. It's like they're like some. I know they march around at a certain amount of times and it falls, but like, why are they doing yes. that? Because they they're trying to take over the fucking city. I don't know. Okay. Like they th- they think that it's in their way because they are going to this like go- they're like going to this promised land and the walls of Jericho are like in their way and they know that they have to go there because God says so. And even though it seems like a really bad idea, uh, they're just like, oh, we'll just mar- play these trumpets and march around the walls a few times, even and the walls though you fall. think you're going to die. And then the walls fall. And and, and wait. Well, I think it's supposed to be – you're saying you, you should question authority when they're doing wrong things, but the Bible's trying to teach you to always have faith in God first and foremost. Even when it's doing something that's silly. It just seems – very weird. Wait, so in the VeggieTales one, did like the cucumber like have a trumpet and like march around yes, the walls? Yes, That's the thing is that I was so confused, like already very confused about the Bible. So seeing a bunch of vegetables, I was like, the Bible is so bonkers to me that I was like, maybe is this really? Ha-? I was constantly asking Jeremy. I was like, did this part really happen? And he was like, no, Mallory, that's just in Veggie Tales. So it was. It didn't help me at all. It oh, was it just, just very more confusing. confusing. Did the vegetables ever eat? What do they eat? Those vegetables? Do they eat other vegetables? Are they cannibals? <laughs> what do they eat? No, I think they they, they eat Bible stuff. There was one point what? where they or like they eat the Bible like, like books. No, no, no. They like food that you would be eating uh. in the Bible. And there's one point where like the, someone's drinking them, and the, like this, what's confusing is that they mix in like modern world stuff. So there's one point where like the character was like drinking a milkshake out of a out of a like to go cup that you would get from like a drive. It was like VeggieTales was very traumatic for me. Don't like VeggieTales. So if you also, if, I don't know so you don't if we should reveal either of these things. <laughs> I do not recommend either of these things. Uh, I, but I am glad that I did. But. Yeah, it, as painful as this was, I am glad that I did it. Uh, it definitely, if anything, it helped. I think it is going to help my reading life. I understand, maybe understand is not the right word because I truly don't, still don't understand a lot of these things because it's written as if, it's written just like old mythology. Like it felt like reading when I was in school and I was reading a, like stories about Greek mythology, like nothing makes any sense. There's mm-hmm. no like narr- there's no logical steps from I, one. Like, I oh, have, and a guy was walking yeah. and then a burning bush was there. Like it's just – you just accept it because it's like – it really was like reading Greek or Roman mythology. Yeah, I, I have the same reaction to Greek and Mo- Roman mythology where I find it like, kind of dull and kind of like, why am I reading this? I love a retelling. Which I mean, it will be it'll be nice when you can read like some. You can now read some like retellings or like different takes on Bible stuff, which would be interesting. I think. Yes, I want listeners. If you have recommendations, now that I get these things, besides historic materials, please recommend retellings of things because I would totally, totally read that. I know Philip Pullman uh, has a fictionalized biography of Jesus that I'm interested in reading in, hmm. uh, interested in reading. Uh, but if anyone else has recommendations for that, I will totally do it. But listeners. I did it. I read the Bible. I get these. I, I understand some a lot of stuff now. I understand black metal more, which is great, <laughs> and, uh, which is always a big goal in my life. And yeah, I did. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we answer a reading question, we're going to take a quick break. 
I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, Ross, and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank Thank you, you, Ross and Carrie. Ona Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. Time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Megan writes in, In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to start a new job as a library assistant. So long, sucky retail job. Congratulations, Megan. Uh, I want to thank you guys for helping me rediscover my passion for reading and for all the great recommendations, as well as being the highlight of my walk to work every Thursday. Any advice for a new library assistant? Now, Bria, this is all you. Well, not really, because I haven't been a library assistant since I was 17. So um, (laughs) at the time, we were converting a card catalog uh, into an online system. That was a lot of work, but I don't think that's probably relevant to uh, <laughs> to Megan's, Megan's problems. I do remember thinking I needed to get good at squats so I could reach lower shelves without having to bend over. I would squat instead. That was like something I thought about a lot because <laughs> if you bend over all day, it does start to hurt your back. That was something. Um, uh, but a couple things I wanted to bring up. For Megan, uh, one, I wrote our friend Brazos, the librarian, and he says uh, it's weird because like pre-COVID times, it's like he'd give a different advice than he would now. But he said the fundamental thing is that libraries still have a lot of trust in this world. And it's important that people that work in public libraries, up the people that work in public libraries uphold that trust. And the best thing I can think of for people who work in public libraries is to treat everyone like they matter because they do. Oh, so that that's was so nice. Really, Thank you, really great. And because it is, it is, that's the important thing about being a librarian. I mean, we love books. Books are important, but it is about the people of the world. Um, I also thought about this interview you just did. Um, um, oh, with Megan. With Megan, also named Megan. That's weird for a listener, <laughs> Megan. I just got thrown because I was like, did I write down the wrong name? Um, who is a librarian. And she brought up um, this book called The Algorithms of Oppression um, and about how uh, basically Google has has racist outcomes, like when you use Google. And I thought about that. I, I kept thinking about that after she said that on, in the interview. And um, and she talked a lot about how important it was to know things like that as a librarian because it – and that really struck me as interesting and true because – Your entire job as a librarian, and I will say I do remember this as being an important part of the job, is is to help the public, like Brazos said. So you need to know what could be holding you back, what systems could be holding you back, whether that's Google, the New York Times bestseller list, if we talked about this show, so many things that are biased, racist, and unfair systems. Um, So I think it's really important to think about that. Um, when thinking about ways to recommend books, ways to help the public, and all the great things that librarians do, because I do think you have to be aware of the way the system works for you and the way it works against you. So those are my like yeah. main. So I would say squats, 
Um, (laughs) Maybe I should work as a library assistant just so I can do squats again. (laughs) Treating people like they matter and being aware of the of the bigotry within the system. (laughs) Also, another tip that I just thought of, because I I know there are a bunch of authors that I know that are also librarians or have worked as librarians like Jill from Professional Book Nerds. author emily duncan author of the wicked uh, saint series she's a li- she works at a library and i see a lot of librarian and library adjacent folks that i know who listen to who make sure they listen to a lot of book podcasts or listen to a lot of podcasts in general but also audiobooks like something to listen to mm. while you are like doing busy work in the library so i would suggest to megan maybe finding i mean besides reading glasses but finding other book podcasts to listen to uh getting a subscription to audible or libro fm or some some uh some audiobook subscription program so you have something to to keep you company while you're working yeah i think that's great that's all i got i've never worked in a library i don't know how i i think that would be a nice job. I think it's a great oh. job, and I'm very excited for Megan to start this because I do think it is going to help. She has a passion for reading, which is rad, but also, um, you know, being being a public – there's being um, of service to the public is an important thing, and um, it's very noble that she's chosen to do that. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. One, congratulations, Megan, but also thank you because as we talk about it on the show all the fucking time, librarians are heroes. They really, especially, you know, I was thinking about that a lot with our recent election and how, you know, uh, our library, the my local library here in Los Angeles, want, besides being like the place where you gave it, like handed in your early vote, um, you know, there's it's just a hub of a lot of information for people. And it's become so clear in these like pandemic times how vital it is that like that that hub of free information and a resource for so many things. It's just highlighted how how wonderful librarians are. So thank you. So it's time to test out some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week, uh, Leslie sent us some book darts to test out. So, Bria, what are book darts? That's a good question. Uh, According to the internet, they are small strips of metal shaped like arrows you can use to mark a specific passage in a book. They're easy to slip on and off and don't do any damage to the book if you're reading. If you're trying to picture them, think of like the thinnest piece of metal you've ever seen. And um, (laughs) Leslie left us a little note that says, these are the same book darts I use and I love them. They don't fall off the page. If you bend one, just throw it away and grab a new one. This is the only kind I use. So what did we think of them, Bria? Did you like the book darts, not like the book darts? I feel like these are amazingly engineered. Like, like wow. Like, how do you make metal this thin? How many times <laughs> do you have to pound it? How many times is a blacksmith pounding this metal? Um, I do like the thought of a bookish blacksmith who oh, just yeah. makes bookmarks. Um, it's like something in a movie that you put to, like, track somebody, but they never find it because it's, like, embedded in their skin and somehow they don't know because it's so <laughs> goddamn thin. Um, uh, I don't read physical books often, so but I use these on a comic book, to, and it was cool because I moved it to, like, whatever panel I was on when I quit reading, and I thought that was helpful. I can really see these being used used I could use them for scripts like if I'm going to set and I'm like I I mark up my scripts so much that I'm like I don't know what page I'm on you know like and this could be a helpful thing to like have at the beginning of the day so I'm going to keep these for when I go back to sets because I think I can set them and be like oh this is the scene the page the line that I'm on or whatever um I 
can't imagine using them for regular reading, really, but I don't, I don't really read that many physical books. So, um, I think glassers can come up with more useful things for me. They're very useful to me, I think, in the script world. So I'm giving them four out of five pages. I think, I want the glassers to check these out, though, because I think they could be the new veterinarian light. I think there's multiple <laughs> things they could be used for that I'm not even thinking of. Um, what did you think about the book darts? I really hate to be negative on this episode, but I did not like wow. these. Wow, this is Mallory's living. negative episode, starting 2021 Mallory's off with a bang. <laughs> uh, but to, I will, I, I do want to say, to be fair, I think these would be amazing for annotations. If you are a book annotator and you're looking for a new way to mark your pages, check these out. I also think these would be great for people who like, earlier uh, when we talked about that person who rereads certain scenes instead of rereading the whole book, these would be perfect to mark scenes that you really like mm. um for me i was just testing it out as a bookmark and i really really disliked them uh it was very tough like I, you know i couldn't just like flip open the book because mm. i could see the bookmark sticking out of it i had to kind of like find where the i had stuck the book dart in um they're so small that they kept getting lost in the folds of the blanket in my lap <laughs> it was funny like whenever well, like, you take them out and you couldn't find them when it's time to stop reading yes okay and like it was like a kind of a running joke because every time Jeremy would open up the container, it, like they would all fall <laughs> everywhere because they're so small. And it was really funny when, when we first got them, <laughs> Jeremy picked them up and he's like, what are these, mints? They're so, they come in that like a little tin. Yeah, the tin's kind of um, cute though. It is, very, it is very cute. But see, I just, for me, I like a big bookmark that's easy to find in the book. Uh, sticks out. I can flip right open to the page. It's easy to find what I'm done reading. These were one out of five pages for wow. me for, as as a bookmark. But I think they would be if I was marking a scene that I wanted to reread. It would be probably four or five. But for me, do I? I just kept dropping them everywhere. Too small. Mm-hmm. Too small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Too tiny. Well, thank you, Leslie. Uh, thank you, Leslie, for sending these our way. But. I'm going to use them for the future for future years. I'll take them all back, Mallory. Give them all back to me. Oh, yeah. I'll, I will give them back to you. So if you have ideas for book tech you want us to test out, send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote, bar, tote bags and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And thanks for listening and thanks for reading.